Hi, Stephanie. Hello, how are you? I'm very good. How are things going today? Good. Yeah, are you working from home? Uh, no, I sprinted home for this. I am back in the office, which I actually like. I like the energy of the office and being around people. Yeah, me too. I love people. Yes, home, home is fun for the first couple of weeks, then it, it got old really, really fast. Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective, maybe you call it a dream, of doing this one thing? You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone, this is Cyril, your host, and today we have uh, a lady <laughs> on the podcast, and her name is Stephanie, and she's on the line with us. Stephanie, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm perfect. I'm running. This is the fourth podcast I'm doing today. I'm having such a blast. <laughs> and so if you if you start to nod off halfway through, we'll all understand. Yes. Why. Yeah. Yeah. You just give me like a. A, a wink and then I'll, I'll wake up. I remember. All right, we'll uh, do rest. I'm really happy to talk to you because I think we're going to talk about uh, your, I really want to do this. And I'm sure you have something very interesting to share, but let's, before we do that, uh, let's get to know you. Mm -hmm. um, tell me where, where were you born and uh, where do you live now? And what's, what's filling up your days? So I was actually born in New York city. Mm -hmm. And I currently live in New York City about oh, so five. boring. I know. <laughs> I've moved a whole five miles south. So I need a little. Oh, yeah, that's far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved downtown. Come on. So, yes, I was born in New York City. I was mostly raised in rural New Jersey. Um, mm -hmm. My dad worked in New York. So we lived in a commuter town. Um, I went to college in Vermont, had a brief stay in California, but I've otherwise been in new york um what i don't i don't hear a new york accent do you say, say coffee 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 i mean yeah. i can do it if i can <laughs> well don't everybody not... in new york have the accent <laughs> so uh. that's actually a bit of a misconception that's more of like a staten island type of accent oh, coffee yeah most people say coffee like the rest of the country oh okay so yeah. i hope all the staten islanders don't hate me now but no it's I love accents and, you know, I mm -hmm. speak Spanish and every time I go to a different Spanish country, I want to catch it because I think it's so fun. Oh, it's, and the differences in Spanish are incredible. 
Yeah, well, I mean English too. You go to Ireland and, and Scotland and Australia, and New oh, Zealand, Scotland. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Jamaica, whoa, mm-hmm. Nigeria. Cat, can you do the Nigerian accent? Oh, I I don't <laughs> think I can. You know what? That's I've never tried. Okay, maybe give me another accent, one that you can fake, like British. Hello, oh. my name is Tiffany. That's- no, I can, so I, I used to work for a British firm, so I can say thank you for calling the technology service desk. Please be advised that all of our analysts are currently busy because that's what I would hear every time I couldn't turn on my computer properly. That was the recording I would get, which meant it happened to me two or three times a day. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so but from the moment you were born in New York to the moment you live in New York. Yes. Uh, I imagine you've traveled a bit. Uh, tell me I, where and, and what continents. And if you've lived overseas, tell me about that. So I have not ever lived overseas. That is something I would love to do one day, but mm-hmm. I never had the opportunity. Um, and I was definitely, for a lot of reasons, a little late on the traveling bandwagon, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, we just took a lot of domestic vacations. Yep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then when I actually got into college, Um, We had a little bit of a family emergency. My mom was very, very sick and ultimately ended up passing away not long after I graduated. So sort of at that time when everyone went out and was, you know, going abroad and going on with their friends, I was much more family, family, home in New Jersey, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So I didn't really venture out on my own until my late 20s. But then since then, um, I kind of have this mindset, a three-day weekend should never be spent in New York under any circumstances. Wow, I love it. So I have an excellent ability to sleep on airplanes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, red eyes are no problem. Have you actually made the calculation how many three-day weekends there is in the year? Like official ones? Well, so that's... Six or seven? It's a little bit of a problem because some of these holidays bounce around. So like this year, 4th of July was a three-day weekend. But sometimes 4th of July is on, you know, a Thursday. And then I have to work on Friday. Oh, right. That, right. So well, it's deceptive. It can be very deceptive. I actually love three-day weekends. There's something about them that make you feel that it's so much longer than a weekend. Oh, you know? especially when it's the, when you have Monday off. Something about yeah. Monday off is better than Friday off. Like, hands down. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, when everybody's going back and unhappy, then you're like, yeah. Then you're I'm like, happy. oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> My Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. Sunday night you could go party again. Exactly. Um, but no, I do feel I need to defend myself. So I have since left the country many, many times. I've been around uh, most of Western Europe. I've been to Australia twice. I've traveled around New Zealand. So I have, mm, I like nice. to think I have, um, you know, made up for some lost time, although I certainly have yeah. a laundry list of more places that I would like to go. Well, yeah, I'm sure you're, you speak a lot of languages too. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I don't want to be put, <laughs> put on the spot. No, 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 put me on the spot with this. So That's I, what I do. Yeah. I know you learn German. Tell me about that. Yeah, Deutsch. yeah, yeah. Deutsch. I strangely, the public high school, I went to public school in New Jersey. I started French in third grade. Who knows why? Well, Not Spanish. French. And because I, French is the most beautiful language in the world. Uh, <laughs> so, so I started French and I took it all through college. So by the time I graduated, I was, I would not say fluent, but I was very conversational. 
and then like most people, you know, you graduate from college and you stop having the tests and the classes and, you know, poof, it. gone. Right. you forget it, you know, use it or lose it. That has actually been something I've been working on a lot the past couple of years is trying to get my French back. So I do mm. read the newspaper. I try to read one newspaper article in French every morning, nice. watch these shows, do some podcasts in French. So mm -hmm. my understanding and reading is so yeah. much better. My speaking, I need, I still need to brush up on a bit. Mm. And I am trying to learn German from scratch. So and I'm alone <laughs> and like Louis Strake, tell me about how many days you've, you've studied German without stopping. Oh, so I, I am taking classes at NYU. So I am taking real classes, but I also have been doing Duolingo in German and I am on a, now I believe 616 day streak. I have not missed a day of German on Duolingo. Wow. <laughs> If that's, that should tell you something about my personality. And exactly. How, and that's how a, anal I am. That's a great, great uh, segue to <laughs> the next question is, yes. tell me about your personality traits and, and character traits, because it looks like you're disciplined and you have self self-discipline which is amazing i am i would say i'm a pretty organized and driven person when it comes to things that are i'm going to say homework related right like something I, i was a math major in college i'm just i'm kind of a dork like that yeah I'm, i'm good at homework i'm good at accomplishing tasks that are sort of intellectual in nature yeah. um i'm not always great at thinking outside the box and seeing the possibilities outside of hmm. sort of my four walls. So that's definitely something that I need to work on more and I'm aware of, um, but yes, yes, definitely organized. Um, and I like to think that I'm a fun person and a nice person. Yeah, for sure. Tell me what, what are the characters you think were, you were born with as, as your personality and which one you've, mm -hmm. you've built and you've built. Yeah. I would definitely say I was born being organized. I think I was the kind of person who, you know, I liked, you know, the Barbies would be organized, you know, the, the pink toys were in this pile and, you know, the, the red. Are you the first in, in the pile. siblings? No, I have an older sister. Okay. I do have an older sister. So that is definitely something that I think was something I was born with. One thing that I was certainly not born with, but I think I've developed is sort of just a thicker skin. I was definitely a very sensitive little kid. I can still be kind of sensitive sometimes and get upset and get down on myself, mm -hmm. but I am working on a thicker skin and just getting, you know, being mm. a little bit more tough and resilient. How do you do that? I, honestly, I think by failing. Oh yeah. You push yourself. I, I think, I think so. Don't okay. set myself up to fail, but it's, you know, when I, I first set out trying to achieve some goals that were outside of my comfort zone. I set them very, very little, very small, so that I knew they would be things I could achieve and I could succeed and I would feel good about myself. Yeah. But that's not necessarily very satisfying mm -hmm. to only set goals that are easy. Yes. You're, you're kind of cheating yourself. So I started pushing it a little bit more and saying, okay, well, I'm going to try this and hopefully it works. But if it doesn't, you know, I think that's how, at least how I've tried to build some, you know, resiliency and just some mental toughness and also just putting yourself in situations that are mentally difficult. Um, I've never set out to paddle across the ocean 
mm-hmm. but I do set out on 10, 12 hour paddles and yeah, those that's can, amazing. Those can be challenging. And those, especially in the winter can be very mentally challenging mm-hmm. when you start to get cold and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. again, smaller scale, but it's things where you just have to, you can't let your mind win. You, you tell your mind, you can do this. You're tough yeah. enough. You're strong enough. Yeah, well, you can use that discipline that you have to control all that, yeah? Do you have a a motto? I do have a motto. I'm always just trying to move things forward. It can be a very small baby step, but just as long as I'm always moving forward with my actions and trying to move towards something, that's how I try Mm -hmm. to to live. So it's keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward because I do feel that for a long time, especially with what was going on in my family, my life was a little bit yeah. stagnant. I, I didn't, some of it self-imposed. I didn't really have the confidence or feel good about going out into the world very much. Um, I sort of started traveling later in life. I started paddling later in life. Um, I almost feel like I have to make up for lost time. So as long as I'm going in the right direction, that's great. But I don't ever want my life to be stagnant again. Yeah, I love it. Well, you could always keep moving forward, keep paddling forward, keep smiling exactly. forward. Exactly. And, and you know what? Sometimes <laughs> moving forward is saying, you know, mm-hmm. I hurt. So today we're going to just lie on the couch. And for me, maybe that day, that's moving forward. Yeah, that's a nice, nice one. Sometimes you need a rest day. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. Well, I feel like we, we got to know you. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, you said you have. Yes. A, so I have an older sister. sister who lives in Seattle. Yes, she is. Oh, a, what? She went to the other coast? How dare she? She went. I know. It's crazy, <laughs> right? And it's also funny. So I am relatively tan, having just come back from sort of an outdoor adventure. I have yeah. curly brown hair, green eyes. My sister is fair blonde hair blue eyes like we look nothing alike and personality wise are you uh are you... very different as well i think okay well that's interesting well so yes i mean we're five in my family i think we're all different we have similar mm-hmm. characteristics but very different and for sure that's how it, it works in some sometimes in some ways you're <laughs> opposite of the first one right, right. like because maybe is she like uh, chaotic a bit that that's why you're so disciplined in what you do or oh no the opposite it was so it's oh, she funny. Worse? I, <laughs> Sorry, worse. Worse. <laughs> so she's um she's in academia she's a university professor so yes i'm pretty driven and focused but at times i feel like i can be a little scatterbrained or you know she yeah. is hyper focused and incredibly incredibly smart um wow. I, I jokingly say i'm the dumb one in the family oh what do you do <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the thick of the podcast. Yes. Here's the thing. The podcast is called, is called I Really Want to Do This mm-hmm. because that's kind of what drives my actions. Like there's something mm-hmm. that is born in my heart or my brain, in my dreams, and I just say, I want to do mm-hmm. this, and that's what drives me. But everybody's different. Have you had a, I Really Want to Do This moment? I have. It doesn't have to be the biggest one or the smallest one or the first one, but just tell me. Yeah, what comes to mind when I tell you that? For me, it was when I first started paddling and I found out that you can paddle all the way around Manhattan. 
Mm-hmm. Now, people don't, people, I kind of forget Manhattan's an island, so you can circumnavigate it. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that was something that people did, I was just like, oh, my, I have to do that. That just became my sort of laser focused goal. And so many other things grew from that, but that's the thing that really got me very into paddling. And I think not to be cheesy, but set a course for my life. Well, beautiful. <laughs> so you started paddling where mm-hmm. like, did you do that a few years before you had that call or when, how did it get born? Like somebody else was paddling around and it said, come with me. How did it start? So- So I had seen people kayaking and paddleboarding in New York on the Hudson River before, but I don't know. It just seemed very intimidating, very inaccessible. And I'm a swimmer. I grew up as a swimmer. I played water polo in college, so I'm comfortable in water. But I don't know. It just seems scary. There are all these boats. And finally, I, I met a woman in a very random situation who I found out belonged to a boathouse in Manhattan. And she was telling me about it. And she said, yeah, I think you would like it. And she brought me. And so that's how I first started kayaking in Man- and stand-up paddleboarding in Manhattan. And over the course of a couple of years, there were some fits and starts of, I would go out and paddle a few times, take some lessons, but then something wouldn't go well and I would just give up. Yeah. And then the next year I would try again and I would do a little bit better, but then something would happen. So there was a lot of back and forth. But five years ago I went and I stuck with it. And it's crazy But it took me a long time to realize, I just thought I wasn't good at some physical things. And I thought I just was not a good paddler. Yeah. And I learned, no, you just don't practice it consistently. Okay. And once I started to consistently work at getting a little bit better, it's like, oh, you actually can go in a straight line if you really practice going in a straight line. And so Mm -hmm. after a few weeks, I could paddle in a straight line. And so then try to go out into the river and so I would go out with groups in the river so once I learned that okay I can paddle in a straight line and I can go in the river I'm just in awe of these people that go all the way around New York it seems like such an amazing way to see the city and I just really really wanted to do it so if we look at it you actually realize that you have self-doubt about your ability and how did you Mm -hmm cope with it did you do a talk to yourself i'm just gonna try more or did you surround yourself with people that would let you to believe that you could do it or i i asked everyone i met who had ever paddled do you think i can do it what do you think i just asked everyone's opinion yeah um which in retrospect probably wasn't the best thing to do yeah um because if a hundred people tell me I can do something and one person tells me I can't, I listen to the one person who tells me that I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I think, I don't know if it's just yeah. me or if it's human yeah. nature. Um, so that wasn't super helpful. Um, oh, but there's but, a lot of people in your case, like they want to start photography. I, I just say something out of thin air. Okay. And they say, do you think I can do photography? And if you're surrounded by people that, that are, positive yeah of course you can just take a photographer or like a, mm-hmm. a camera take pictures and look on youtube and you can do that you know it's easy and then you'll get better and then you have a software you can improve the photos and you can do it same for kayaking same for like you want to travel overseas uh just learn the language book a flight go there get a lonely planet and do your course whatever if you're surrounded by people that are positive yeah it's good but if you have people that are negative then it's it's work. not help. It's not helpful. So I, 
that's one thing I learned from that experience is you definitely, I'm now when I ask people about things and ask them for advice and is this a good idea, bad idea? Am I overstretching, understretching? I now have a much smaller group of people I consult. They're yeah. people who I know are A, going to be encouraging and support me, but also going to give me an honest answer. Because if they honestly tell me, you might be biting off more than you can chew, then yeah. I know they're saying it out of concern. And yeah, but how do you know they're right? Maybe they're wrong. They like, might, they 100% might be wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually start something with a goal of being good at it. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's good to do it for just the sake of it. And here's an example. I always wanted to play the guitar and I, I can't sing. I don't know why I'm good at languages, but I cannot sing. And all my family are good musicians, but I always want to play guitar. And when you imagine playing guitar, you imagine, you know, by the fire, you play for other people and you're like entertaining. And at some point, I always give up because of that, because I couldn't reach a moment where I could entertain. No. And then one day I said, F it. I want to do it for me, just for the grabbing right. the guitar and scratching on the chords and and that's it. It's like a meditation. And same for cooking. You don't have to be good to cook. You don't have to be good to, to paint, right? And I think it's just so fulfilling to do something for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. something, it gets you out of your own head. It makes you look at everything differently. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you're stressed out, it, you forget the thing that's stressing you out. And that's one of the things I love about being on the water. If something is going wrong in my life, New York can feel like a place sometimes that's sort of closing in on you because mm-hmm. of tall buildings and everything you go out in the middle of the river it looks so small and insignificant and it just puts things really into perspective Mm -hmm. and you also realize how big it is you know in new york it's very easy to live your life in a couple of square miles and not leave those few miles but it's it's 32 miles if you go all the way around it in the water like it's massive Mm -hmm. and you just realize your problem in your world is usually much smaller than you make it in your head or at least for me yeah so you had that uh, i really want to do this go around Mm -hmm. manhattan Mm -hmm. and then did you give yourself a time to accomplish that did you like to reach i i did so i i really started paddling that year in the sort of the end of the spring i guess it was probably may or june um and in new york you know, now I can have the skills to paddle all year, but if you don't, it really, the season really ends around October because that's when it it starts to get too cold. So if I wanted to do it, I really had to do it by Halloween or it was going to get kicked a year. Mm. So I set the goal of trying to do it. And I asked, like I said, I asked every paddling person if they thought I could. And I didn't tell any of my other friends because I was so afraid if I failed, then everyone else would think I was a failure, which again, it was so yeah, dumb. But it, it's real. It's real. Yeah. It's real. And be, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's especially stupid because I'm, I was afraid to tell people who don't paddle at all, you know, so to these, you know, these other friends, the fact that I could go five miles, 10 miles was so cool. Yeah. So I don't know why I was worried about failing on 32 miles, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, just slowly kept trying to go on longer and longer trips and further and further away from my boathouse. So a little further up north and a little further south and just sort of expanding it, um, knowing that I would never go in the East River or the Harlem River until we actually took the trip. Mm -hmm. I capped out at about 15 miles 
And then half of the target, half the target. But it was like, you know what? I really want to do this. So I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So a group of us set out, you know, a few days before Halloween to do it and failed miserably. Failed, so, failed so miserably. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> because we, I don't know, we weren't organized. I was still the, the new person in the group, but we didn't time the tides right. Uh-huh. So it was going to take us, you know, what should have been an eight hour trip was going to take us all day. So we just said, you know, screw this. We're not going to do it. We're going to try next weekend. So we okay. gave up. Oh, oh, that's pretty fast. Like, okay, we're learned. Let's look at the tide and just go again. Right. Well, because it's literally like it was just going to start to get too cold. So um, we paddled to Target, got Halloween costumes and had a party instead. And (laughs) true story, there are photographs of us dressed up in onesies, you know, getting back on our kayaks to paddle home. And we tried again the next weekend. So it was the first weekend in November. So it was really cold. So that wasn't really a roadblock. Did you consider like a failure? It was like, ah, it's not happening today, but let's do it next week. Just kind of like brush it off. I considered it a failure because I had built it up so much in my head of like, I have to do this by Halloween. I have to do this by Halloween. And I mean, one more week isn't a huge deal, but sort of quote, technically the season had ended. So my boathouse was officially not going to be offering this trip anymore. So this was just going to be a group of us going out rogue. trying. How did the other ones take it? Oh, everyone else was fine and was just excited to buy Halloween costumes. I was the one who was like, I can't believe we didn't do it. I was so ready. I was there. I packed all this food and I can't believe we're not doing it. Is this something you tend to do is because you set yourself for like success, success. And yes, I, if I don't accomplish something, I am my own. I beat myself up about it more than, okay. And more than anyone else could possibly do it. Is there any strategy you could do to change that? To change that? I'm working on it. It's a work in progress, Cyril. Okay, good. (laughs) We're always working progress. I tell you, we're so- always a work in progress. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: we did it the next weekend. Yeah. It was awful. What? It it took <laughs> it took it's what we call type two fun. It was absolutely awful while we were doing oh, it, but it was looking hard. back on I mean, yeah, yeah, but looking back on it, it was incredible. It took thirteen hours. Wow, nice. Um, it's we left at noon and we got back just before one a.m. Which, 1 a.m. in the morning? Yes, which in November in New York City, it was dark out for two-thirds of the paddle. Well, why did you leave at noon? You should have left at 8. With, yes, well, thank you. that's helpful now. <laughs> five years after the fact, that's really helpful. Um, again, I was just sort of like, I'm the new person. I'm along for the ride. Right, so I course. left when this, the elder statesman wanted to leave, which turned out to not be exactly the right time with the tides. Um, and the conditions were just a little bit harder than we thought. So we stopped at one point in Brooklyn for a while to wait, wait out the tides. And then it was just sort of a comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, and we did it. Yeah. I, even though it was miserable and cold and I, like you have never seen a happier, tired, frozen, hungry person in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just in some ways, the fact that it was so hard made me more proud of myself because I did something physically hard, but I did something mentally hard too. Yeah. And did you, is that something you envisioned? Like when you said, Oh, this is going to be so cool. And the result, there was probably a big gap because it was hard, but, but in the end you were so happy, just like you had envisioned. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like I thought it was just going to be physically hard. Like I would be tired. I didn't think about, you know, at 10 o'clock at night when you still have hours and hours to go and you're already freezing and you know, you're not even on the correct side of the Island yet to get home. And there's nothing you can do. You either right, yeah. That's the that's the point. You're in a situation mm-hmm. where there's no other than going forward. That's, you have that's to do it. The thing you have to do it, and that's something that I think is so great about paddling. And that I think is also how I've learned some of this mental toughness. Is if you stop, the current's just going to take you the wrong way. So you absolutely yeah. have to keep moving forward, and you have to keep going mm-hmm. um, because. <laughs> did happen the coast guard Mm -hmm. stopped us at one point and we drifted back like two miles while the coast guard talked to us and that was somewhat painful Uh, that's a great skill to 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 have actually because so much of life is about having to cope with things that we can't control right Mm -hmm. um you talked about your your mom passing away and you're Mm -hmm. like you have to go forward my earlier podcast i did is this friend who had a stroke Mm -hmm. and wow, there's no other alternative than going forward. So having that skill, thinking, yes, I was in that situation before mm-hmm. and I can do it. I've done it before, you know, and I'll go through that one too is, is a good one to have. Eh? It is. And, you know, when my mom died, it was the sort of thing that maybe I should have seen it coming because she had been sick, but I didn't see it coming at all. When I got that mm-hmm. phone call, I, you know, my mm-hmm. entire world turned upside down, but it's, you, you don't have any choice but to adapt, but it is adapting to a life that is completely different than anything you have ever known and yeah. adapting to something that most people fundamentally take for granted that when they're mm-hmm. in their earlier mid twenties, that they will have, a, yeah. you know, as a young woman that you will have a mother to sort of help you with certain things, guide you as an example, you know, to, to meet a spouse, to be there when you have kids and it just yeah. changes your mm-hmm. entire vision of your future. And that's, but you have to adapt. You have no choice. Mm -hmm. After that, did you have uh, another goal to go around, uh, I don't know, Cuba or something? (laughs) Um, Well, my goal is to do it again a little bit faster. Oh, great. That's (laughs) a good idea. Yes. And so that's now becomes my thing. I try, I do it every year. I do it once or twice every year. What? And You've done it how many times now? Um, so I've done it six times now. And wow, fantastic. I, I actually did it a couple of weeks ago for the first time by myself. Wow. Nice. Yes. How did that so feel? It, that was amazing. Um, and it was, only, it was six and a half hours and it was wow. just great. I was in my groove I had you know I just the day looked good I was in the right frame of mind so I decided you know I'm just in two days I'm just gonna do it so set my alarm and I set out and it's I do enjoy sometimes the solitude of being out by myself and just saying I'm gonna go at my pace I'm gonna look at what I want to look at I will Mm -hmm. stop and eat when I want to eat I will just just do it. So that, that wow. felt great. So yeah. how long, how many years did it take between the moment you went for the first time and, and that one? Was it six years? So like that once was every year? that, um, I, I've done it once or twice a year. So I think my first time was in 2017 and this would have been 2018. So, so three years ago, years. had three I told years. you, you would do it on your own. Would you believe it? If, 
oh my gosh, I wouldn't have believed I could do it on my own. I wouldn't have believed half the places I've paddled. That's the thing that when I look back on where I was four or five years ago versus now, like I just, mm-hmm. even though I did it in a series of very small goals rather than big ones, it's, it's so exciting to look back at it that way. And yeah, it, yeah. it makes me realize that I can dream bigger than maybe what my own mind limits me to. Yeah, because you just have to start and you'll, you you'll progress as you progress. And I've already exceeded my expectations. So why can't I, you know, exceed them even more? Right. So now you're starting painting the guitar and uh, taking photographs of butterfly mm-hmm. all at the same time, right? Well, well while I speak German. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think so. Is, is German um, like, why do you have that passion for German? Like it, why German? So honestly, I, I was paddling in Austria right before COVID in Salzburg. And I almost got arrested and was getting screamed at by German police for paddling <laughs> for paddling the wrong way on the Salzach River in uh, Salzburg. And, it, you know, I'm just paddling along, minding my own business. And if you're not allowed to go the wrong way. You're not allowed to go against the current on the river. And I did not know that. So there were three police officers with guns just screaming at us in German. And Oh, and you couldn't answer back. So now you, you will be able I to. Was, I literally, hands up. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm the dumb American. I paid this person to go pat, to take me pat to right gear. <laughs> he said this was okay. Um, no, I mean, that, that's sort of a funny story. But no, I, I had been traveling through Austria and Germany and... Uh, I got this idea in my head of, oh, well, if I have French, you know, English is a combination of French and German. Historically, those are the two biggest inputs into English. So this feels like a great compliment. And I have so many friends who speak multiple languages and I'm so impressed by people like you when you can seamlessly transition from one to another. And I just think you can have really rich experiences when you talk to someone in their native language. Yeah, I love it. I, when I go to these places, I want to be able I don't know, even if I can't be perfect, I want to show that I have a respect for a culture and an interest and I'm going to try my hardest to really understand the place, not just come in and say, just speak English. Yes, I like it. So we looked at that event in particular going around Manhattan and the progression Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a pattern on on that event that is has been reproduced in other parts like maybe your professional life or maybe how you moved out of your house or university or do you see a pattern of your mode of to take on something new and you say okay i dare myself and um then i tell everyone can i do it <laughs> you know do you see a pattern <laughs> right. or? It, it's actually the opposite you change your, your strategy every time <laughs> no it's for, I guess I say, when I say it's the opposite, there are certain things, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised or the way I see myself, but it never occurred to me that I couldn't do certain things. You know, I knew I could go to a, oh, interesting. You know, a good school and I can succeed academically and I could get a good job and I could buy a home and save money. Like it, it never occurred to me that I couldn't do those things or that those things were inaccessible to me. So where does it come that's, from? Can you no, that's, the origin? Not I, to put I, you on the spot, but... 
what I think it, what I think it is, is that, cause that's the example that's, I grew up in a, you know, an upper middle-class household. That's what I saw. That's what I knew. So it never occurred to me that, that I couldn't accomplish those things. I didn't know anyone personally who went on adventures or who did sports other than, you know, running or swimming or, you know, lacrosse. I didn't know anyone who did venture things. Yeah. So I had no framework and I didn't see that as compatible with my life. That was something that other people did. So okay. I had no idea how to start yes. where if you tell me you need to save money for a house. Like, okay, that's easy. You get out your spreadsheet, you make an Excel. Yes. I know how to do that. Yeah. I didn't know how to tackle something like paddling, let alone paddling in another, you know, for a whole day or paddling in another country or anything like mm -hmm. that. So all it took is basically a lack of exposure to uh, that when you were younger uh, mm -hmm. to, to believe in yourself that you could do it. Oh. Exactly. They, and I, I don't know where this self-limiting belief came from, but, but it exists. Yes, it, it existed. Um, and it's just funny because there are things that are, you know, quote harder that I knew I could do, but something that seems relatively basic, like work on an athletic achievement that I really, where I really, really doubted myself. Oh, well, I think you're not alone. There's so many people that probably are self-limiting the same way. It's good to know that you are, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you could say, I feel like I, you know, I don't know anything about, let's say, meditation. Well, I've never mm -hmm. known anybody who did meditation, but maybe why not me, right? Well, and that's the thing. That it's really anyone can do anything. 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 Yes. I sit at a desk for 10 hours a day, and then I go paddle. It's, mm -hmm. there's... Just because I do one first doesn't mean I can't do another. It means I'm maybe a little different than most of the people I sit next to for the during the day, but anyone can do it. And I, I think you can, you just need the example of someone yeah. who does it to know that it's possible. I remember the first time I went to Paris from, you know, my, my town is in North of France. The first time I went to Paris and you have to take the subway while wow, the subway is complicated. There's so many lines you have to go. And I remember the day I decided, well, the subway has been created by a guy or many guys, but they're human. They're pretty smart, but I'm smart too. And right. I'm not the dumb. I can figure it out, you know, and, and the whole world is like this. It's like, it's been created by humans. I'm sure I can pretty much figure out anything, you know? That's so. the thing. We're, we're reasonably intelligent people mm -hmm. and we have friends and networks and the internet. And now, you know? yeah. We now we have the internet. You have like the wealth of human knowledge at your fingertips. So you really can figure, can so figure that, most of it out. So now the next thing is listening to your heart and say, well, I want to do this thing and just go for it. Huh? Exactly. And knowing that even if there's small setbacks, they're just setbacks and I can probably figure out a way to do it. That's great. As a conclusion for the listeners, mm -hmm. if they had one takeaway to remember uh, from you, if one thing you want them to remember, what, what would that be? One minute to listen to that podcast. What, what would you say? Oh, wow. The so reveal. It's, it's like <laughs> the trailer, but at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably just be that, you know, at least for me, my limitation is always just my own mind. And really, if you break any task down into smaller tasks, it becomes so much more manageable. And then mm -hmm. it's just small things to cross off a list to get to your big goal. Yeah. So 
just don't limit yourself. You can think big and really you can probably figure out a way to get there. Mm, I love it. That's pretty easy. Simple, really. Really? Okay. It's, all, it's all very easy. Yeah, it's all very easy. Just, I mean, have small, break it down to small goals and do them one by one. Cross them off the list. Okay. Last thing before we mm -hmm. go, I ask every guest to listen to a song. Mm -hmm. And it's a go-to song. You know, I've got a song that I could listen 20 times in a row. You know, that song that you listen in the car, you sing like crazy. Mm -hmm. Puts you in a good mood, you know. And the idea is if you listen to it before we talk, then it probably will, you know, be contagious in the rest of your, your voice and stuff. What song do you listen to? Um, have you ever seen the classic film Moana? Moana? No. Yes. You've never seen Moana? It's a great Disney movie. Okay. No? Okay. Oh, so, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Super, it's, it's yeah. So there's the, a song. With the volcano and the Exactly. Yes. And Lin-Manuel Miranda did the music. So like the music is really, really good in Moana. Yeah. So there's a song called We Know the Way and it's really catchy and has this just incredible drum beat. And it's as they like set out on their adventure. It's the song. But here's the catch. Spotify recommend. I listened to it so many times. Spotify recommended that I listen to it in Portuguese. What? <laughs> the song is so good in Portuguese. <laughs> is it like it's, Brazilian Portuguese or is it's it Brazilian Portuguese? What? I want to it's listen to Brazil it. You, I'll send it to you. It is so good. So I highly recommend "We Know the Way" in Portuguese from Moana. It's phenomenal. It's so <laughs> catchy, and it just makes it. I dare you to listen to that and not start. Oh. just like. No, listen, music is for me one of the source of inspiration of joy. Yes. And so I will definitely listen to your song. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So much. It was a blast to talk to you, Stephanie. Thank you for your time and, and your wise thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it. Yeah. <laughs>